be seated. One of the greatest studies from the Bible is God's plan for the future of his people. That's the title of my message today and probably will be the title for the next four or five messages because what you get out of this one today, you know, there's going to be more messages coming. But the title of my message today is The Promise, The Promise for the Future. God has a promise. I hear it all the time, you know. A lot of people make statements about the future and, and all this. And I, I, I'm pretty sure most people know about as much as I do about it. Um, the future and what's going to take place. But that's one of the greatest studies in the Bible. <coughs> the Lord told Jacob, he said, Fear not, thou worm, Jacob. And ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 41 and verse 14. Listen, folks, the words of Jehovah God are very stern and true, for he called Jacob and Isaac, and I'm sorry, and Israel worms. Compared to Jehovah, Over God, man is nothing but worms. He's, he's nothing on his own. We're, when we go on our own, we're nothing. And the only, only things we have to look forward to is that God is going to take care of his children. He's going to take them by his right hand. We're going to read that in just a minute. Take them by the right hand. He's going to lead them right on in to where he plans on them going. We find ourselves in the most we find we find ourselves in fear most of our lives. Now what do men fear? <coughs> what do we fear as humans? Well men fear salvation. You know I, I know we have salvation and we, we've had it and and some of us have had it for a long time. But what does it mean? What does salvation mean? Well, King David stated, King David stated, he, he says, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of, my, out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Psalms 18, verses 16 and 17. Now, Man, you know, there, there should be no fear in salvation. But um, the Bible says that if, if, if we're not made perfect in, in the salvation, then we're going to fear. doesn't mean that we're lost. doesn't mean that we've lost our salvation just because we fear. But what it does mean is it just means that we have to have someone lead and guide us and direct us in every way that we go. <clears throat> we have to have someone. We might all we might as well acknowledge it that we are all, all we're all a weak people. You know, we, we're weak. Uh, some people won't come up with that. Some some people won't acknowledge that, that they're just weak people. 
You know, we're weak in, when it comes to our salvation and, and the fear of salvation. We're, we're just weak. We, what, what does God expect of us? We've preached on this many, many times over the years, but still we don't get the complete understanding of what God expects out of his children. And, and um, I haven't gone as far as to say as one brother did back many years ago, many, many years ago. Matter of fact, when I was first saved, had a brother that was a deacon, and he had a heart attack. And I went, I went to see him in the hospital, and, and first, quest, first thing that came out of his mouth was, I've told this before, the first thing that came out of his mouth was, what does God expect of me? What does God expect of me? You know, he, he was a deacon. He worked hard. He, he supported his church, and he did everything, but yet God still struck him down. You know, we, we don't understand all this. We don't understand why this happens. We've had deaths here lately, and un, unsuspected deaths, I could say, we've had. And uh, why, why does God do the way he does? Well, we, we, don't, we don't quite understand that. <clears throat> we can do nothing to save ourselves. We are, we are all sinking in the swirling waters of despair when it comes to salvation and understanding salvation and exactly what it is and what it is that God expects of us. We know it came from above. He took us. He drew us out from the earth. And immediately Jesus saved our worthless souls. That's what the Bible teaches. You know, God took us. He drew us. As David said in, in Psalms 40, in Psalms 18, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of the many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Well, you know, we find there's a lot of a lot of things that comes up in this life is just too much for us. It's too much. We don't know what you know what to say. It's it's good that we can sit and and, and we can learn the jargon. People can learn the jargon of, of religion, but to learn exactly the comfort, and we're going to talk about that in just, in, in just a few minutes, the comfort that comes with salvation is, is we, a lot of us like it. We, we, don't, we, we don't have that comfort that, that we should have. Second thing I want to look at today is the fear of security. You know, I guess one of the greatest questions I've ever had, and I guess one of the deepest questions I ever had but as, as, a, as a pastor, I had a lady a few years back, had a lady that told me she wanted to see me after the services. And um, we had a little room there at Friendship Baptist, and I went in that little room. I never did have an office down there, uh, but I had. we went in that room, there was a there was a desk in there and some seats in there. I never did use it, though, as an office. But anyway, we went in there, and she sat down on the couch, and I sat in the chair where the, where the desk was, and she said, I want you to tell me one thing. I said, what's that? Am I saved? And I said, uh, I called her by name. I said, no, I can't tell you whether you're saved or not. 
I said, you, you have to have the same security that I have. But I, I've, I've learned over the years that the lack of security is a thing that has destroyed a lot of people. The fear of security. It was Jesus who said, and I gave unto them eternal life. But they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John 10, verse 28. What a glorious security is ours. What a wonderful security is ours. Jesus has told us. He told us plain. No one's going to take pluck me out of, the, out of my hand. But why, why is it that there are times when we get so down, and all of us do it, and I'm not just telling you something that I don't do, because I do it too. We get down sometimes, and, and, and we, we start wondering sometimes, am I really saved? Am, am I really, am I really, am, am I really saved like I've been told that I am? And um, you know that's that's what we preachers do. You know I think we preachers go a little too far sometimes in telling people that yeah they're saved. And I know we go too far sometimes when we preach funerals and we say that we know that person in that casket was saved. We don't know. And I'm, I'm serious about that. What we go on is what we understand to be the truth of, of salvation. And that is the jargon that comes with salvation. The jargon that comes with salvation is that uh, uh, I know that, uh, that I'm saved and, and I know that everybody I go to church with is saved. I know that all my family members are saved and I know all of this. But uh, sometimes we come up very short on that. That's the fear of security. We have it. Then we have the fear of confidence. The fear of confidence. When we see our confidence waning away, just remember where your right hand is, it is in his hand. Just remember Jesus himself said, give me your hand. That means goodbye fear. You know, if how, how would you how would you feel if there's a, an arm coming down from heaven up there and taking you by your right hand? It says he says your right hand, taking you by your right hand and holding on to you every day, everywhere you went, everywhere you went. You, you say, well, I'd only have one arm. Well, I don't care. You know, if if if, if God wants my right hand wants to hold it every day, every minute of every day, then what a great blessing that is in my life. Great blessing to know that he has my right hand. And where, where do we see that at? In verse 13 of this text from, from which I took the verse today, he said from our text, For I, the Lord, thy God, will hold thy right hand. Look, look at verse 13 of the text. He says, uh, he says for, for the Lord... Thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I, I will help thee. What, what greater confidence can we have? We, we have a lot of confidence in the Lord. We have a lot in whatever, whatever the Lord says, we believe it. Or whatever, whatever the Bible says, we believe it. Sure we do. I mean, it's easy for us to say that. It's just like a drunk man told me one time sitting across the table from me. I was, uh, 
uh, we, we, I was witnessing to him. I had my Bible out, had my Bible laying on the table, and I was witnessing to him. And by the way, Rhonda's brother, who just passed away, was in that, that same, at the table that same day. There was sitting there with us. And, uh, and I, I got to witnessing to this man. And, uh, and he said, listen here, Paul. He said, listen here. He said, he took my Bible and he put it in front of himself. Took it away and he put it in front of himself across the table. And he said, if this Bible says that black is white and white is black, he says, I'll never see them this, like any other way. Because that's what the Bible says. And, and, and he was so drunk he couldn't even hold his head up. But he said, if that Bible says that white is black and black is white, then I'll never believe anything else. And um, that's how close he was. It is now between the Lord and our soul that we have confidence in him. Do you have confidence in him? Do you have confidence that he has a hold of you right today, a hold of your hand right today? And I'm holding up my right hand. I know in, in here it looks like you're holding up your left hand. But I'm holding up my right hand. And, uh, and I'm telling you today, do we have confidence that he can hold on to us? You know, what, what, what if we went to fall off down in? I heard here a while back where some lady fell off of uh, the cliff there at, uh, what is that place out there in Arizona? Uh, where they, where, where they uh, have the canyon and everything? Yeah, Grand Canyon. She fell off of the side of the Grand Canyon. I saw that in the news back sometime back. But do we have the confidence that God will ever let us fall like that? Do we have that confidence? Well, you better have it because he said it. He said it in verse 13. He, he said, For <coughs> I, the Lord, thy God, and all you have to do is just say Jehovah God, and you'll have the same thing. Here he says, For <coughs> I, the Lord, <coughs> thy God, will hold thy right hand. He says, I'll hold thy right hand. Think about that for just a moment. I'll hold the right hand. And abiding confidence is ours, for he holds our hand. We have an abiding, we, we, we live with that confidence that he has a hold of our right hand. Do you ever think about that? You know, usually when you want attention, you put your right hand up. Well, you don't have, you don't need any attention anymore because he's giving you all the attention <laughs> by your right hand. <coughs> the next thing is the fear of submission. The fear of submission. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me today? That's what this pastor said many years ago. I'm talking about 50-some years ago. This pastor sitting up here before you right today, 
who is struggling to get this message out, said one time to himself, what's wrong with me with what I said? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I did not want to run around with my drinking buddies anymore. I said, what's wrong with me? I thought there's something wrong with me. I, I, I thought, I thought, well, there's something wrong with me. These fellas, I, I, y'all don't, y'all don't know it, but uh, me and Rhonda came in off of our honeymoon, which was a one, was was one day. We came in off our honeymoon. Some fellas came by, picked me up, and I took off with them. Was gone for right my while. But all of a sudden, I got to where I didn't want to go with them anymore. Not because I got married, because something else happened to me. Sometime after, about eight months, after Ron and I were married, Lord saved me. And I said, what's wrong with me? I, I don't want to do the things that they want to do. I don't want to go the places they want to go. I don't want to do these things. There's, there's got to be something wrong with me because... I enjoyed those things too much. I enjoyed them. I loved them. I loved to do those things. Just like some of you love to party. That's the reason you get out here. You, you love to party. You just can't stay away from partying. But let me tell you, folks, uh, I loved it. I, I said, what's wrong with me? When, when, whenever you get to where you don't want to live the kind of life you were living, there's something changed about you. Something has changed. Something has changed within you. Some, something has changed, as, as, I, as I've always said, I've heard some people repeat it, I've always said, God changed my want to her. But the things that I want to do, God changed them. And I said, what's wrong with me? I, I thought there was something wrong when, when I said this. I sum, a submitted soul is willing to be put anywhere God wants him to be. I never thought that. If you said something to me, let's say 56 years ago, if you have said something to me like, you're going to go to Georgia, and I want you to go down there to Georgia and live, I told you, get, get out of here. I'm not going to Georgia to live. Why do I want to go to Georgia to live for? But there, there's a day came up and I wanted to come to Georgia. What's wrong with me? When I wanted to put my wife and, and my two kids, my two kids sat in the back seat of a honeybee that was already loaded down. Y'all know what a honeybee was, don't you? That little car that, uh, uh, this, I can't remember who came out with it. Dodge or somebody came out with that little car they called a honeybee. And I had one of them. It was a little standard shift, brother Sam, a little standard shift car. And I had one of them. That's all I had. And uh, we loaded it down with stuff. And uh, Shelly and Becky sat in the back end. You couldn't even find them back there. You couldn't find them because they sat in the back end of that thing, loaded down with clothes and everything. Where was I going? I going to Georgia. Where was I going to preach? I don't know. Who was I going to go find to try to find my way around down in Georgia. I don't know. Remember Abraham? When 
God told Abraham to go to a place and he didn't tell him where he was going? Think about this for just a moment, folks. We, we've all got to be sure of what we're going to do. We've got to be exactly sure of what's going to happen. That's what I thought. I, I, I want to be sure of what's going to happen. But for some reason, I loaded my family and I came to Georgia not knowing a soul down here. But I'll tell you, after 45 years, almost going on 46 years of being in Georgia, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I came. I never thought I'd ever be sitting down and preaching. I was always one of them standing up preachers preaching. I, I, I never thought I'd ever be preaching to people that I love so much. But I came to Georgia. What's wrong with me? Why would anybody do, do that? Why, why would anybody load up his family and all the clothes he can get in a little honeybee and come to Georgia? I got down there. I didn't know where to go, what to do, and, and some fella saw me, and, and I was talking to him, and he said, we've got a mission in Swainsboro, Georgia. He said, you want to come over there? He said, we're, he said, I, I was telling him about what I believe, what I stood for. He said, we, we, don't, we don't have those things taught to us. So I went to that mission over in Swainsboro. I know Rhonda remembers it. I went to that mission over there in Swainsboro, and I preached to those people over there for a while. It wasn't long until I realized I shouldn't have been there. So I left. Here I was again going somewhere that I don't even know where I was going. Didn't know where I was going to wind up. If you'd have told me 40-some years ago that I was going to be in Lyons, Georgia at a church, Landmark Baptist Church, preaching on a Sunday when I'm having trouble getting my words out, I would have said, no, not me. Not me. A submitted soul is willing to be put anywhere and to be used in any way that God would have him to be used. I'm telling you, I know that. I know that I can sit here today and say that I know that. I don't want to have to quit preaching. I don't want to have to do that. That's the reason I pray that everything will start clearing up on me. And it does. It's, it, it's a little better than it was. What does it matter where he puts us? And what does it matter what he leads us to do? You know why it doesn't matter? It's because we know he's leading us. We know, I know now, after studying this, and I've studied, there's more messages than just this one today. I've studied for several messages on this very subject. But what I, what I know today, after I know today, is that he's holding my right hand. That's what this passage says. For I, the Lord, thy God, 
will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Huh. Why are we afraid to do anything? Why do we fear submission? Why, why, why do we fear confidence? Why do we fear security? Why do we fear salvation? When we know that he has promised us, i got your right hand, and I'm going to lead you where I want you to go. I'm going to lead you where I want you to go. What, what does it matter where he puts us? What does it matter what he leads us to do? As long as we know he's leading us. As long as, as, long as we know, yes, I know he's leading us. When four people came to me 30-some years ago, and they said, we want to start a church in Lyons, Georgia. Well, we did. Preached in a house. <coughs> we preached, preached in a house for a while. <coughs> we built this building. We had nine members when we built this building. What does it matter? May God give all of us the assurance that he's watching out for us. Do you have that today? Do you have that today that he's watching out for you? I want you sometime this week throw your right hand up and say, Lord, I'm thankful that you've got my right hand, that you're holding on to my right hand. You don't know if you're left-handed. He's holding on to your right hand. Just because you're left-handed, that don't mean you're stronger in your left hand than your right hand. How strong can you be if God's got a hold of your right hand? God's got a hold of your right hand. May God give all of us assurance that he's watching out for us. May he give us that assurance. I pray that God will see fit to bless you today. And Lord willing, next Sunday I'm going to be preaching on the same subject. But <coughs> with some different fears that we have as God's children. All right, let's all stand.